Hey there, everybody, and welcome. This is Tevo, DRC, Creative Leadership Ministries. We're going to start putting the word ministries on there because that's what we're all about. We're all about people having their ministry, their call from God, their word from the Lord. And I'm going to be teaching more on the spirit of prophecy and hearing from God for leaders, Christian leaders, because there's so much confusion about what is psychic, what is occult, what is not. And then even among the Christians, really, among the Christians, they're very confused about what the spirit of prophecy is because there's so many layers on it, so many levels on it for so many years. And then there's television and media, everybody's hearsay, everybody's word. And then there's fly-by-night ministry or so-called ministry and then people who use it for profit, pastors who profit off the people and all that stuff. So I'm making it down to earth, cutting through a lot of chaff, a lot of levels, making it down to earth for the common human. And I'm just one of you guys, one of you blessed God-chosen people. So I'm teaching multicultural, diverse and I'm going to teach it so that I teach to the straight to the born again Christian. Yet anyone who's not, who's not a friend of Jesus may tune in and listen. You're welcome and valued. But I want the people to know and anybody else really how to really hear from the most high God for yourself. And then line upon line, little tips, helpful hints, practical, pragmatic points of view from my own experience of many decades multiple years of teaching on it, many seasons of how to really convey the word of the Lord. And it's tragic. It's very tragic that people are all now spooked about the word prophecy, their teachings, and I don't know, there are people using it to profit in the wrong way, unhealthy versions, the apostolic and the prophetic. I do both. And then there's the witch watching, there's the false doctrine within good doctrine. And so I'll get to some of that, you know, the shepherding, all that type of thing. I don't want to do that today. But right now we want to let just set up the stage and I'm going to, you know, do it so people who are by themselves and people who know the Lord, who are sort of curious about the Lord, who don't think it's much fun to do this, you can tune in and then you can hear God for yourself Research it yourself, and then if God doesn't tell you to do it, don't do it. If God doesn't tell you that it's true, then don't believe it. That's fine. I'm just putting it out. Every word I say, every word you hear is a submitted selah. That means I respect you. It's like getting my tennis ball, word of the Lord of encouragement, edifying, comforting, and strengthening, and then serving it into your court, whatever day or week it is, and then it's up to you what you do with it, what you want to do with it. Just pray about it, play around with it, and research it and hear from God. And then whatever he wants to tell you is fine. So I'm submitting these. Everything I say to as a teacher, as a selah, that means pause and think about it. I'm not putting it out as a dogma, a diatribe. I can get all worked up. You know, the, the only time I really seem to get worked up is against accusation, bias, prejudice, Phariseeism, those things really stir my soul to get fired. Other than that, I'm the most laid-back, reasonable person and very practical. I try to always consider walking everything out before God in eternity in a spiritual sense, but I also think of ministry as a natural sense. Are you hurting anybody with it? Are you harming yourself, your family? Are you going too hard? Are you being the, you know, faking it to you, making it kind of false 
witness, you know, all those things are with it. So I'm trying to be balanced and spiritual and not super spiritual and not spooky. So we're going to teach on the spirit of prophecy more. It's really about how do you hear from God and then get a word from him that you can feel impressed to deliver in a message at the supermarket to your friend, to your mama, whoever, a word of the Lord that would edify, that means build up, give them new strength and hope, edify, comfort, and strengthen. That's the kind of thing. There is a difference between warning somebody, which is a, you know, a sober wake-up call, maybe, on a rare occasion, and a strong word like that, sober, but then there's a difference between sliding from that area into spooky or condemning or self-justifying accusations. So we're going to teach on all the fine points in a very down-to-earth, relatable manner. God is so good. So if you want to network this out, share the podcast, let it be known that people can tune in for a common sense approach where we value everybody's opinion and respect every color, every male, every female equally, whatever your choice is, but we're giving our word to the Christian, the born-again Christian, to clear up confusion, major ministry malfunction, and even chaos and dysfunction in the way we see it now in TV media at times. And we're going to try to demystify it, despookify it, uh, make it holy, but not holier than thou, and then down to earth so that, hey, anybody could feel capable User-friendly, one phrase I got a few years ago from the Lord, user-friendly without using anybody. That's part of our goal of de-spookifying, demystifying the spirit of prophecy and also guarding against teaching that would bring accusation, Phariseeism, and being reasonable. Not, You know, I've had experiences through the years as a leader, as a minister, not just in this state, but in other states, where I've seen some really peculiar manifestations, peculiar interpretations of the word prophecy, of the people who think they know the Holy Spirit or say they move in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is not tamed. He's not dull, and he sure is, you know, he is different. But when it crosses over to hurting people, harming people, being rude to people, then you got to go to the bare bones and really just discern what in the world is the spirit of prophecy, what's in the Bible, the New Testament, not back under the law. And that's what I do and have done for quite a long period. I remember teaching this, getting, uh, you know, being a minister a long time in ministry. My father was, was a minister, then I was my own minister, you know, called to the Lord. And then the spirit of prophecy started to come in in the United States in the early 90s, and I was a part of that. Well, then the different teachings and TV would start to create a new kind of doctrine that would maybe twist or morph some of the former doctrine and, you know, add patriarchism, well, like Levitical patriarchism, which is called shepherding. And with that, the Phariseeism, the accusation, who are you under? You know, you're in rebellion because you're not under somebody like me and all that tailbearing that went on where I used to live. Not, you know, it's just so unpleasant that I had to. It got my attention. I saw so many people being accused unjustly just by the false doctrine. And they were not dark skinned people. These were all white that I just had to be a noble Berean and research it for myself and also let God examine me there for the grace of God go I. Maybe these people had fault finding 
you know, parents, authorities they grew up under, and now they're fault-finding, or they, they're real small inside. They think they got to be the big cheese and the big ham over everybody. Uh, and that's why these things happen, the aberrations, I call them, the aberrations of God's Holy Spirit. And so then we teach, you have to really now analyze what is the character, the flesh, the carnal human nature, the need for power, position, the need for prominence, to be all-knowing, the head gimlet, as it were. But then what is the real Holy Spirit in that, and how would he act and react? And then I point to the spirit of prophecy as represented without accusation by the Messiah himself, Jesus Christ. And so I can go through this. I've taught this many times, but we're going to go through it one more time because we can tell in Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, there's a difference between the Old Testament portrayal of the prophet, the historical Christian, you know, Hebrew prophet, and the portrayal of the New Testament prophet. There's not a critical bone in the preacher's body, hopefully, male or female. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says, it says that in the former days, God spoke in diverse manners to the fathers. That's because nobody could hear God for themselves except a few chosen persons who had the gift, and it was the gift to hear God on behalf of the people. And so therefore, you see, if you read Old Testament prophets, the wild signs and wonders and you know, Elijah, Elisha, all the different ones, the prophet who laid on their side naked for three years as a symbol, Jonah being called a Nineveh, swallowed by the whale, many things that are fantastic, amazing. And then you find the 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 prophet being more formidable as in calling down fire and judgment. And see, that's the point. There may be today a somber, sober side at times that needs to be to shake people up, but it never goes into condemnation, beating them down, backbiting, or religious spirit. All right, so it has to, in the New Testament, edify, build up, comfort, and strengthen. But in Hebrews 1, 1, and 2, the Bible teaches that in the former days, God spoke in diverse manners, signs and wonders, talk, words of the Lord, all these different ways. If you read the Old Testament prophets, he spoke to the fathers, the leaders of God's people, the Hebrews, to the Hebrews. It always is to the Hebrews. And then the other people who are not Hebrews are not born again in the New Testament sense. That is their true, you know, they can listen, but it's really sent first every time to the house of God, the thrust of the prophet most of the time. All right, so in Hebrews 2, it says, but now... In these days, that means after Jesus came, the Christian church formed, the book of Acts happened, and the spirit of prophecy was released. The ability to have a, a relationship with God yourself so the Holy Spirit can lead you and into all truth, which is John sixteen thirteen, my basic core verse for this teaching. It says, in the former days, God spoke to the Old Testament prophets because nobody could hear God except them. At that time, but now in these days, it said God speaks to us through his son as the real role model of the office prophet, walking in the office prophet, teaching on the spirit of prophecy. So we to think 
what do we see today? What do we got going today? We have to say, well, does it resemble Jesus Christ, the Messiah, when he walked about in Acts 10.38, doing good, healing all those that were oppressed by the devil and the Lord was with him? Was he, um, and he was humble and friendly. He played with the children, didn't take himself too seriously. He cast his cares upon the Lord. He wasn't overly consumed with, you know, all the burden of ministry and all the burden of the world and all the, you know, the side of the supernatural. He was down to earth and he was approachable. And I like to say our abiding relationship theology came out of the experience with the Western European Levitical patriarchism shepherding whelp because of the accusation, the just the really, uh, I don't know what is in that doctrine, but it breeds accusation and it breeds all sorts of backbiting, false witness, and then persecuting people who are just plain old innocent that just don't want to tow their party line. So therefore, we have to be bold and confront. It's sort of like a Jezebel spirit because they always accuse everybody else of being one. (laughs) Anyway, let's get on with the positive stuff. So it made me research, well, if Jesus Christ were alive today... If he were alive in ministry with his mother, Mary, his siblings, half-siblings by Joseph, with the people of the area of all nations and all backgrounds and all cultures, little children included demoniacs, Roman citizens, the religious system, how would Jesus act in ministry and in private life? So I looked at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I noticed the relationships. And so now I call everyone to our, what we call, I've named the abiding relationship theology that all you mean is that you act and react in every relationship with it's your mother your father your daughter yourself your friend next door neighbor at church and fellowship you react and act like jesus did in each and every one of his relationships when he was alive on earth in the ministry and walking around the area regional global ministry back in the day and just be like that everybody will be fine another point would be adding to that apostle paul's ephesians 4 where it talks about community everyone being on the same page building up everyone in the most holy faith with everyone walking everyone walking in relationship respect meekness, humility, long-suffering as the body, the multicultural body of Christ. Now, those two balance would make a great transformed body, which then it says affects society. That's also Ephesians 4. So we've got a lot to talk about, a lot, you know, experience on the lay of the land. I call it, sometimes it's the lay of the land is like the lake of fire for the, you know, that's part of the, why I've talked so strong or I've gotten so, where I teach so much on this type of relationship theology. We don't want anyone to be fooled. So let me wind up with this one. Sum it up with this. To start with any kind of listening and hearing from God. You know that's a very subjective area. There's no recipe, no proven, you know, it's not 100% accurate. Everybody has a different spin on it. So I'm going to sew this out, put it out for you. And it's called John 16:13, And it says, this is our core teaching. We build on it from there, basically, except for Hebrews, you know, and what we've just said. All right. Hebrews says one thing, but then John is when Jesus and God, you know, Jesus is the word made flesh. So I'm speaking to the Christian when I say that Jesus said this. 
when the spirit of truth has come, he shall guide you into all truth and tell you what is to come and talk about things to come. So that verse, we break it down. All right. We're going to say when the spirit of truth has come. Well, who is the spirit of truth? What is it? And how does he come? That is God's Holy Spirit. First, you invite Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior. You start to practice inner discerning. You read your Bible. You get teaching. You get people's advice. You start to grow. But God, when you invite Jesus into your into your heart as Savior, you're born again. But also he gives you a free deposit of his Holy Spirit, which you can nurture and train and grow and, you know, keep on praying and all these types of wonderful things. So that's how you get the spirit of truth. That's how he comes. So it says in John sixteen thirteen, when the spirit of truth will has come, he shall guide you into all truth. That means there is a way to learn how and grow in discernment of how he can give you direction through his Bible, through the word of the Lord and a message, you know, that you get. And also in your inner weird witness, the Holy Spirit, which is always peace, the word of the Lord can come. And from the word of the Lord that comes to you to guide you, to teach you, to give you ideas can also come the Holy Spirit of prophecy, if he wants to, if you pray about it and ask for it, he can give you a word of the Lord that all of a sudden you get a little blip, you know, a little, pre- a little idea, a little word of the Lord comes in your spirit, which you think, you know, I need to tell this person in the grocery store. I need to tell my mother. I need to tell somebody or write it in a blog or, or teach it or preach it because it is a word that is for somebody else. And the fruit of the word has to be this. It has to be edifying, building people up, not tearing them down, not putting them down, edifying, comforting, and strengthening the person, the body, the people, not criticizing, not calling down judgment, and they're going to hell and burn, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's Pharisee Old Testament prophecy. You can warn them. There's a way of talking about hell that you can do it without, you know, making them feel like the old-timey preacher is going to, you know, like your mama did, threatening them and cajoling them and putting the fear on them, like human fear. We want Holy Spirit, fear of the Lord, but not condemnation. So there's ways to say the message, which is so important, and it takes God helping you with your skill. So our main verse to think about in the spirit of prophecy is John sixteen thirteen. When the spirit of truth will come, he will guide you into all truth and he will talk about things to come. So you've gotten Jesus into your heart. He's given you the Holy Spirit. You understand, you know, starting to grow on that, learn how to hear from God. You get direction from the Lord for yourself. You feel the peace of God, the comfort of God, the power of God, the strength of God, the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, 23, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, meekness, gentleness, against which there is no law. That's Paul, Galatians 5, 22. And then you start to mature and all of a sudden, one day you think, you know what, I'm, I think I've got a word of the Lord that would bless Sister Mary or bless Brother Paul. I can bless somebody with this word. Let me go call them. But first I'll pray, bless my family member, bless, bless the people that I speak, you know, and address to online, my ministry, whatever it is. So you have the call and you get the word, 
because the spirit of truth has come. He's guided you into all truth, not all truth. You don't know it all and you never will. But for your need in your life, your business, your decisions, your family, yourself, he will guide you continually and let you grow in how to discern his guidance. But he will guide you into all truth in your leadership, your family, and so forth. That is the truth he has, that's real truth, for you. Also, if there's error in your teaching, error in anybody else's teaching, he can increase your discernment and give you great correction in your doctrine, new thinking, and also give you ideas of how to teach better, teach more things, and fresh manna, fresh bread from the Lord. It's so exciting. I love it. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of guidance, you know, direction. It's so amazing. So when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, not being a perfectionist, not being haughty, puffed up, proud, because your knowledge, your spiritual gift, that your quality is so great and your accuracy in the spiritual realm is so strong and so mighty. No, no, that's, that is the opposite. He wants you to humbly, normally be teachable, approachable, but he can guide you into truth anyway, despite of yourself and myself. <laughs> it says, then he will talk about things to come. That means who's going to talk about him? How does he talk? Giving you ideas, impressions in your spirit, giving you Bible verses called Rhema verses. You're reading the Bible, all of a sudden one jumps out. It ignites your faith and you think, yes, that's from the Lord for me. That's the promise that really fits the need I have in my life. That fits the bill. So you will have many seasons to practice and be patient and mature and decide and pray and then get advice and get fellowship and get good teaching and study your Bible about the spirit of prophecy. And you can Google Bible verses online, spirit of prophecy, office of the prophet, but I'll keep on teaching because I think my, I, I believe with all the great teaching going on out there that there are some gaps and mine happens to be, I think a fill in the gap type of ministry. Maybe you need other people's, but once in a while or twice a week or whenever it is, you're going to need what I say. Also, I'm available for tutoring online. I'm available for tutoring, teaching on apostolic ministry and the spirit of prophecy, asking questions about doctrine in case I make it, you know, there are things out there that trouble you or you want to know more about or that I need to clarify. Also worship and getting into the presence of the Lord. So just let me know at dfwleader at gmail.com. And uh, I do take up love offerings for that, but we can do different things online. And then if you're in the Charlotte area right now, I am. I had to take a break, a leave out of Dallas. I don't know how long it will be, maybe permanently the rest of, but my life was not flourishing in my private life. Uh, good people. I like Dallas. I like Texas, but the ministry part was not me. It is just not me. I need sincere, quality, wholesome, and joyful companions and ministers, not heart, heartless, and not whatever this is, hard-hearted, hard, hard spirit. So we forgive, but we, men, we got to get out of there. It is caustic. Something was really troubling my soul the whole time I was there. It is not, it's a religious spirit. So we had to get out. We like people. We love God's people and the non-believers, anybody out there. We're just, I like, had a great time in the natural sense, but in the spiritual realm, I was totally almost miserable. 
So I had to come away, and I'm out in the North Carolina area looking for the right place around Pineville. Just pray me, pray for me, and if you care to donate a love offering, or, or if you're in the area, you want to help, or sow seed, or just be a, you know, part of the team. Let me know, and we'll talk about it. One other thing, I also mentor, and I can mentor online. I can do worship lessons online. I do a lot of things which are my counseling side, uh, training side. So I'm here. I just want to be of service to the body. When I talk so boldly, let me put it out there, I will talk because of what I've been through with whelp, primarily Levitical patriarchism, on my tail, on my case, all the time since I started the Spirit of Prophecy in 1991, practically, late 90s on. I cannot help but want to teach to defrag the accusation of the ministry, the the defrag the mantles who go after other people with that false errant doctrine just to make, I don't know what in the world causes it. But the idea is we want people to be wholesome leaders, calm, not motivated by money, not motivated by their power, not motivated by anything but the Holy Spirit, and then have a childlike quality of joy, real joy. And so that's what I'm doing. But I've had to get too bold. I need to, you know, I've gotten so bold because it was a prison for me. I really felt a prisoner of that religious, that dark religious spirit. Usually it's people who need money. I find that, and I'm not saying everybody that does that needs money, but I've never seen such a difficult, impenetrable, hardcore spirit of religion. And all I can think in my spirit is that it has to do with people who need money, burdened by money. And it makes Jesus Christ's name in vain. It makes Jesus Christ's name get hurt. If your ministry is not about relationships, but about achievement, getting big, making yourself known, the big I, you know, big I, little you, that type of thing. And I've had to teach from the opposite point of view, servant leadership, Ephesians 4. And I've had to train and train and yet only God can teach a lot of these people because they're that tough. They're that tough, and I don't want to be that tough. I've tried not to be, but God is good. There's so many good quality people, and right now we're trying to eliminate gossip, backbiting, tail-bearing, and then also ponder where is the fear of the Lord in this nation among the Christian ministry, the Christians, not the unbelievers. They shouldn't be expected to have the fear of the Lord. They could fear God, but I mean, we need Christians to fear the Lord. Born again Christians in ministry, that's why I'm teaching like this. So God is good, his mercy endures. But if you have a word of the Lord that you would like to send, that is, it, here's the bottom line, any word of the Lord, let me get this out, even a word to me or a comment. James 3.17, if you're a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, an apostle, a mama, a daddy, a hard-working soul, it says any wisdom that represents God that really truly comes from above, not the pit, not your flesh, not your own soul, it says the wisdom that comes from above truly of word of the Lord, a vision in the night, a dream, advice, counsel, it says it has to line up with James 3.17 that says the word... The wisdom that comes from above is, first of all, pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy, and good fruit, 
without partiality and without hypocrisy and to the best of my ability I am that way I'm always working on that and I've always been this way in every meeting every family every time I can be around other people in relationship I try to act like that so we're going to stir up the normal natural people the normal natural ministry black or white or tan or purple you be the real deal all this system stuff let them be there you know if that's what you want to have a system that's your choice but i'm for real people i think god has taken with the virus i think he's rebooted the church and going to cause new thinking he needs to because it had gotten stale it had gotten bossy it had gotten like a prison with clubs and systems of legalism law and i think god wants to take it back and make it his church like ephesians 4 common doctrine ephesians 4 multicultural relationship oriented like ezekiel's wheel divine appointments everybody hear god Go to where he wants you to fellowship. Go to where he doesn't, you know, wants you to meet people and and schedule by divine appointment. Otherwise, don't do it. And also, the days are wicked. You have to be led in peace by the Spirit. See, I've got a word of peace. I feel really joy right now for all things going on. I think, hey, this is a practice for the end, a sign of God's coming, Jesus coming. So we better be ready and tell people we want to, you know, tell everybody don't be too late. Don't be too late. Be FDR, final day ready. So I'm filled with joy, not by the news, not by the sad things that might happen, but I'm filled because I know Holy Spirit and the joy I have Jesus inside. The, the Holy Spirit of truth has come. I'm still working it out. I'm still asking and believing and praying that he'll guide me into all things, all truth that I need to know for this time in my life, in my heart. And you do the same. Well, this is Tavo, Dr. T, Tavo DRC of Tavo Creative Leadership Ministries signing off right now. And we're so grateful for the Lord. We're so grateful for you. And if you have a need to pray, uh, you know, to pray for you, we will just write me or comment. Or if you want to gather together, just let me know. We're out in Charlotte for now. And uh, we're going to ask everybody, just pray that none of us get led into temptation. None of us leaders are led into temptation, myself included. And we thank God for that. Lord, we ask everyone a blessing on each one who hears, each soul. Prosper them from the inside out. Prosper them as their soul prospers in their mind, in their will, and their emotions, and their life. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Tevo DRC signing off for now. God bless you. He loves you.